Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Today's episode of Channel 33 is brought to you by SeatGeek, the presenting sponsor for my podcast, as well as the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling tickets for sports and music. With just two taps on your phone, you can instantly buy SeatGeek tickets to an event, and you can enter that event just using your phone. No paper tickets. Drop your old ticket app. Use one that's built for 2016. Download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. And now, without further ado, here is the masked man, David Shoemaker. Welcome to the masked man show. I have a cold, so apologies for my weird voice. Um, there's a great, there's a, a stretch in my life back in my in my last podcast where I would I would know I was getting sick because my mom would listen to my podcast and tell me. Are you saying now that your mom doesn't listen to this podcast? She just doesn't comment on my 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 voice okay. as much as she used to. I just thought you were implying that I turned her off so much. She's like, I can't listen to this mass band show. Yeah, no, she likes she likes Dan Saint Germain and she's she's a big fan of Steve Kazee, but she doesn't listen to the Dave Schilling. Totally episodes. out. I'm a huge heel in the Shoemaker household. Uh, who knows? Maybe this will be better for my career to have a have a different voice. Um, all right, we've had a lot of big things happen this week. At least you know making the checklist. I think that the biggest thing that happened so far today was uh, when one of my coworkers emailed me to let me to, to just sent me a paragraph uh, quoting Peter Thiel for or Thiel from a, an article that came out today. Are you ready for this? Yes, I'm, I'm springing this on you. Okay. This is a direct quote. People thought the whole Trump thing was fake, that it wasn't going to go anywhere, that it was the most ridiculous thing imaginable, and then somehow he won, just like Hogan did. (laughs) And what I wonder is whether maybe pro wrestling is one of the most real things we have in our society, and what's really disturbing is that the other stuff is much more fake. And whatever the superficialities of Mr. Trump might be, he was more authentic than the other politicians. He, talk, he sort of talked in a way like ordinary people talk. It was not sort of this Orwellian newspeak jargon that so many of the candidates use. So he, so he was sort of real. He actually wanted to win. What? What, what is he implying that the other candidates did not want to win? I think let's just forget the ending. I, I, I went on too long, but. I love the idea that pro wrestling is most is one of the most real things we have in our society. I mean, I certainly feel that way. We're here talking about it. I don't know if I want uh, professional wrestling to be more real than politics. Uh, maybe he's on to something here. But at the same time, this is a disturbing concept that he's floating into the ether. I wonder if Peter Thiel is a wrestling fan or if, it, or if during the Hogan suit he just like watched a lot of, you know, <laughs> did, his, did his due diligence and then just came to this kind of philosophical determination. I can sort of see him being friends with McMahon. Like McMahon and Trump obviously are sort of like the, the pillars of a community of disturbed individuals. Yeah, no, seriously. I mean, and Thiel's got that too. I mean, they've all kind of reached the pinnacle, but still still hate all of their peers, sort of? Yes. Or, or just, or they're hated by and also hate all of their peers? Huge chip on the shoulder of Vince McMahon. Yeah. Well, that's what that's what makes him so great. I know. He keeps pushing himself. In case you didn't know, by the way, Peter Thiel is a uh, Silicon Valley uh, entrepreneur who is a um, confidant of our new president-elect, Donald Trump. And the guy who funded the uh, Hulk Hogan lawsuit against Gawker. Yeah. So <laughs> lo- <laughs> there's lots of, lots of things going on here. 
So yeah, no, I just feel like I, I mean, I just feel like I've written those words. Maybe Peter Thiel's been reading my stuff. I, I think he's a big mark for if the he, if man. Peter, if you're listening to this, you know, I, I did not vote for, for Donald Trump, but I would be very open to a role in the administration. And if you're listening to this, I could use a couple grand. Just just if you got you're that. You're just asking later. for money? Just why, why not take the shot? Okay, I guess that's Shoot fair. your shot, as they say. Shoot your shot, as they say. Uh, a lot of people in WWE have been shooting their shot this week. Is that a euphemism that I'm missing? Well, you're the one that brought it up, <laughs> I know, man. I'm, just, I'm sorry. Like, the, the big, there's a lot of people. It's like every... Okay, there, no one will disagree that the, the Royal Rumble is just the best thing, right? Absolutely the best gimmick match in WWE. Um, and just the match... I mean, the experience of the match itself... Again, I've written this a million times, but it's like nothing else. I mean, the, just everything that's good about wrestling is distilled to its perfect form in this match, with the exception of the 40-minute classic you know, I mean, like any, like everything else you could get hyped for. It's all hype. I mean, that's what it is. It's it's the countdown. It's the it's the anticipation, and then it's the either excitement or just complete letdown. Yeah, but it's, that's, it's thirty pops, and 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 the entrance pop is one of the best parts of professional wrestling. And you get all of all of the best ones, some of the uh, some of the worst ones, some of the the saddest uh, silences you can ever imagine in your life happen yeah. the Royal Rumble. Well, one of the on the flip side is that one of the most tedious things is the lead up to the Royal Rumble where every wrestler feels the need to announce that they're in the Royal Rumble. Right. Like I'm excited to know that John Cena, well he he's not, right? But the, I'm excited no. to know when like a big name says, you know, I'm I'm going to I'm going to take the night off of my title match or like what you would expect me to do and be in the Royal. That's fine. Yeah. Um but when like everybody who picks up a mic like over the span of the past 2 weeks is just like first of all I'm gonna be in the Royal Rumble, and it's just like okay. Like, I miss the days I, when I, they had to like pull their number out of a hopper and make that a thing. I don't need to hear what you're saying is that promo, which is really just an excuse to fill time. It seems like. Yeah. Um, speaking of filling time, this is one of my big notes of the week. If I had paid, if I was ever on Twitter these days, I would have tweeted this and been very proud of it. The, I, the sol- I think I've discovered the solution to the problem of the three-hour RAW. Just have Undertaker come out every week because that takes up about forty-five <laughs> minutes. Um, his entrance just like I, I was watching it. I was watching it on on uh, DVR and just like I felt like I was fast forwarding. I was fast forwarding for about three minutes to get him to the ring. Um, uh, big, the biggest thing that's happened this week, or at least the most exciting thing, the number one thing we have to talk about, are that two legends return to Raw. One of them is going to be in the Royal Rumble. That's the Undertaker. And one of them has a heartwarming, uh, life-affirming movie coming out and, um, and super kicked Rusev, and that's Shawn Michaels. Uh, there's, it's a little bit like two sides of the coin here. Um, I can't imagine being more hyped than, than I was when, I, when, the, when, when The Undertaker came out. Just to see him in the ring, to see him cutting his promos. I mean, he, just to have him back is great. Shawn Michaels, I feel like I, I, there's no one I would rather see come out of retirement and wrestle a match, but just because of the fact that he's, I don't feel like he's ever going to. It's just like I don't, it, everything he does just feels so hammy, you know. He kind of like brings down the product a little bit. Am I crazy to say that? No, I mean I think that there's a, a certain part of Shawn Michaels, the character, that will forever be linked to 1996, and yeah. the, the sort of. Uh, the corny, let's put on a show attitude yeah. of WWF at the time. So when I do see him and he's kind of like 
smirking and like jumping around and doing all that stuff. It just it feels like the the worst kind of throwback. Yeah. Whereas when Austin comes out, it reminds you of like, oh, this is I love this guy. Yeah. I love all this stuff. But Shawn Michaels just has that taint of of the new generation. Probably, that I, I mean, Shawn Michaels, the last act of his career when he was sort of I mean, the last few years were just insane. Were so good. And it was like not silly at all. I, mean, I guess there was some silly stuff with Triple H or whatever, but like there. Yeah, that DX revival was the, kind of dumb. But yeah, but all of his, but like all the feuds that I remember, I mean, it was like the most earnest, like serious version of Shawn Michaels. So when he comes out and does the, I get it. It's like Mick Foley. You come back, you know, for a one shot and you do a little, you do your like gimmicky, jokey stuff. But it's hard when that, then it's like Rusev, who like, you know, I just wish they would find a way to really make him vital. And you just kind of mix him up with some, with like, you make the, the Rusev cast Enzo feud even jokier. It's like, yeah, whatever. I guess it's fine. I'm complaining too much. Undertaker's back. That's Undertaker really great. Undertaker is back. Um, I, I mean, Undertaker's always coming back. He came back in the fall to SmackDown and said he was here to stay. And, and then, then was not. <laughs> no. So first of all, they, they, the, the, main thing, the main takeaway from the past six months is that Undertaker's full of shit. They retconned his return after two months. Like what? What or three months? Whatever it was. And now he, he's not. Th- he's th- not on SmackDown. Does he not care about SmackDown? I thought he loved SmackDown. Now he's on Raw. He's obviously not exclusive to one brand. Uh, according to him, he answers to yeah. no man. <laughs> okay, except for Vince McMahon at WrestleMania last year when he forced him to wrestle Shane. Um, I'm I'm confused by how they're going to use the Undertaker. I've heard rumors that it was going to be Cena at WrestleMania for him. Then I heard rumors he was going to win the Royal Rumble and challenge for the title. Now I, I'm hearing Braun Strowman, and then there's another website saying Undertaker doesn't have a plan for a match yet. So I just want to know where this is going. I want to know I, why I'm going to start back. that way. I'm just going to start a, like a vertical on the ringer that's just, that's all me breaking news and it's just like the headlines will be like update on Undertaker's plans for WrestleMania and the, in the body text is going to be according to my sources there's no definitive plans yet because that's <laughs> always true up yeah. until the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that, I, I mean, I still feel like that Cena Undertaker is the way to go. I mean, all of the if if you looked at what the WrestleMania rumors were like two months ago, everything's still sort of like falling into place for that to happen. We'll talk a little bit about about what happened on Raw, but the but the you know the main event certainly is pointing us towards uh, the fulfillment of some of the rumors that we've heard. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I loved having the Undertaker back. Um, I like you know I, I like Foley being involved. I like Steph being, and I like it being sort of a big moment. Although I could have done without the kind of comical performance review part. I mean, how? Also, but forget about that. I know, and I, this is the complaint we have all the time. How much better would it have been if you didn't, if they didn't advertise Undertaker's appearance a week in advance or however long it was, and if the show had just opened with Stephanie saying to Mick Foley like, "You better get the Undertaker here tonight, or you're fired." And then you would have spent the whole episode saying, like, oh, crap, is The Undertaker going to be here? I had no idea. Like, that's that's big. Yeah, imagine what the social media response would have been to something that was actually a surprise. And so they do the opposite, which is, let's announce it. He's, it's going to happen. Tune in next week. And then Stephanie McMahon comes out and kayfabes that they don't know if he's going to show exactly. up. Exactly. That's what that's like, the weirdest no, thing. He's going to show up. You guys advertised it. Yeah. It's very, very, very strange. Um, do you think... I'll, I'll take I'll take our two returning superstars one at a time. Do you think we'll ever see Shawn Michaels wrestle again? No, he doesn't look good. Well, he he looks, looks really good for his age. For his for, age, yeah, but he's just like leathery. 
Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't think that there there's any match that he could have that would top the last matches of his career. Those two Undertaker matches, the Flair match, the Jericho program that he did, I don't see the point other than passing the torch to AJ Styles the, but the tor- and that and that's the weird thing i mean it's fun uh, you know i love it i love AJ Styles i mean he's the, the probably the best one of, you know obviously one of the top 3 good performers in WWE last year you know i mean like i don't think anybody would dispute that he's probably number you know one or one or two but the but um but there's no you don't pay, he gets a pass from so many wrestling fans the same ones that were saying you know don't put the don't let Brock Lesnar in the streak. It should be someone like Daniel Bryan or like AJ Styles is like almost 40 also, you know, like AJ Styles is not a young guy. Um, I would love to see that match. I would give anything to see peak Shawn Michaels or anything approaching, you know, B minus Shawn Michaels versus AJ Styles. It'd be amazing. But yeah, you're right. I mean, the only draw from Michaels would be to put somebody over. Daniel Bryan made a lot of sense in a lot of ways, but um yeah, I'm not. I think Shawn Michaels at this age means a C minus instead of a B minus, and I don't want to see Shawn Michaels do what Ric Flair did, which is work a bunch of bad TV matches just for the sake of saying that he's still a wrestler. No, no, no. I mean, it would have to be. I honestly think the the most likely thing, the the only way we're going to see him back is. Well. I mean, I guess, listen. You can I mean, you can imagine a lot of things, man. If Vince McMahon spent as much, if, if they spent the took the money they they you know were going to spend on on Linda's next Senate run and just donated it to Sean's church, would he come back? Like, just put that just put that in the in the in the plate. Yeah, I guess so. I, I, I'm sure that money is is the motivating factor for most professional wrestlers as it is for most people. I just don't want to see it. I don't. I don't think yeah. that it would add You're to right. his legacy. Every match that you work after you do a retirement match is is a minus from your legacy. I don't. I don't abide by those rules, but I. But I'll, I'll agree with that. I think I could imagine adult. I could imagine him coming back to like for like Triple H's retirement match or something like that. Like having them go out to, again. Like go out together, sort of. But um, I don't think Triple H is ever going to retire, so it doesn't really matter. All right, The Undertaker. Um, how many more matches do you think we have? Well, we always say one or two, and then he works another five years. It's been one. It's been one or two for yeah forever. But now that Tim Duncan is retired, it's the Undertaker who's next. Like the Undertaker and Tim Duncan are the the two greatest athletes of their generation. Yeah. And now that that Duncan's gone, Undertaker's going to have to follow. Um, but I can see him working one or two matches a year. For the next five years, I really do think that that is entirely feasible because it doesn't require a lot of physical exertion for him. Well, he ended up in the hospital not too long ago after one of those matches, but yeah, I mean, I think he has another year to recuperate and then do it again. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, he, he it's it it's um, you know. Duncan Duncan is a very interesting compare. Actually, I wrote a I wrote a giant column for Grantland a few years ago, like comparing every NBA star to a wrestler, and that was the that was def, that was the, the first thing that came together. Yeah. Um, in some ways, it's like he's like the Undertaker's like a shooter, even though he's a big man, he's a shooter because his skills, like his the important parts of his skill set, don't diminish with age. Right. Right. I mean, he could he could just go out there. He's like you know Ray Allen. He could just go out there and like hit three pointers till he's fifty years old. Um, and the older he gets, the more he looks like death. It's perfect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's Benjamin Buttonick, oh, professional man. wrestling. 
I don't want to. Uh, yeah, I don't, if we go any further down this path, it's just gonna. It's, we're gonna end up saying things we regret. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the fact that it's not even like a part of the conversation anymore on WWE TV. You know, it's not uh, the, now that the streak's gone. Like the pressure's off, and he's just he could just wrestle forever. Yeah. That said, you know, it's got to be it's got to be winding down. Especially when I don't know. I mean, it's just it's been like we like you said before. I mean, he he showed up on SmackDown and then didn't show up on SmackDown. They retconned the whole thing, and it just seems like there's you know there's probably a lot of it seems like there's a lot of deliberation going on behind the scenes. You know, like they're making these decisions. Yeah, it's, I, it's a fluid situation. Um, but yeah. So anyway, I mean, that was seeing him there was a lot of fun on Monday. I mean, the other big thing that happened on Monday night was uh, the main event. And again, we've talked about this last time and we, a million other times. The one really cool thing about Raw was the way that it all tied together. I mean, very very simple stuff. We start with this, you know, with the cold open or whatever in the in the office. But then you have the brawl between between Rollins and Strowman. That leads to this first match set up for the U.S. title. Which then is disrupted, which you know is taken away, and that ends up being the main event. Like the whole show has this thread, sort of that ties it together, and that makes it much more watchable. Um, but Jericho, Chris Jericho, uh, runner-up for 2016 Wrestler of the Year, is is our new U.S. champion. I'm just glad it's not on Reigns. You know, I, it's it's a waste of a prop, as I said last week. You need to make use of it, and and I imagine once Roman Reigns becomes our new Universal Champion, yeah, the U.S. title will be a very useful prop in the uh, Jericho Owens feud going forward. It's funny, as great as the Royal Rumble is, it is. Uh, this is, I mean, this is this is total. This is totally just like a masked man pitch. What I'll, I'll write about this in two weeks. Just watch, but the. But it's like it's the greatest night of wrestling, but also just like the worst night of wrestling because the title match is all because it's always a setup for disappointment at WrestleMania, right? You know, and which isn't a bad thing. WrestleMania is fucking great. Like I love WrestleMania, we all do, but it's not for it's not geared towards us, right? Um, it's geared towards you know more casual fans and younger fans who you know are. Have have different tastes. It's I, and can wait five hours without using the bathroom. Apparently, because yeah. I, I can't. It's the it's the best time to jump in to watch uh, WWE programming. But you can start to see how, for the last six months, the show has been catered to you and me and people like us mm-hmm. and people who listen to the show. Kevin Owens has been the champion. Yeah. Uh, AJ Styles has been the champion, uh, and now it's. Very slowly but deliberately moving us in a direction where Roman Reigns and John, John Cena. Cena are going to be the champions. Yeah, I guess that's. I mean, listen, I, I don't. It's. 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 I don't want to belabor it because it makes it less fun for me when I'm complaining about those things. But, I mean, on the one hand, Jericho versus Owens for the U.S. title, if that's what we end up getting at WrestleMania, is going to be great. The ride there is going to be fun. You just got to like, you know, t- take a step back and not. Or maybe take a step forward, and and the, just the more you complain about the fact that the title's not, that it's not the main event, the more the less you're going to appreciate it. It's going to be it could be really really great in its own terms. And the one thing that makes me uh, that makes me feel a little bit more upbeat about it is that you know on SmackDown the IC title feud has been I mean they've been doing a really good job of making Miz versus Ambrose feel like the most important thing on the show, um, even though it's not for the main title. So I mean I think. There seems to be some philosophy of you know mid card booking that is or just general show booking that is uh, that's taken taken a shift for the better in the past several months. Well, you know, I think you 
have done a great job of of explaining the bifurcation of WWE in your in your writing and that you you always say SummerSlam is WrestleMania for, for the smart mark. Yeah. And so you have to think of the year as the regular year, which is four hardcores, and then about December through April, which is for casual fans to come back, check into the show, get excited that Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels and people like that are showing up. And the the big company pillars, the tent poles of the company are going to be the ones who are going to be on top during that time. And you just have to ride the wave, enjoy the parts of the show that you like, and not whinge too much about the stuff you don't like because it's just a company that size has to appeal to as many people as possible. Sorry. Yeah, no, I th- and I think that even the, I mean, you know, there there have been a lot of WrestleManias in years past where there were, you know, there was a lot of angst about whoever CM Punk or Daniel Bryan. I mean, Daniel Bryan, you know, the ultimate example of that. Yeah, yeah. but like where they weren't booked in the right spot, or that, that fans, I guess, thought, and and yeah, I mean, it's even back to Bret Hart. You know, there was a Oof. lot of like, oh, Bret Hart should be the main event in the main event of this, and he's not, and that kind of thing. It's always going to be that way. It's WrestleMania. Everybody wants to see their favorite on top holding the title at the end of the show. It's just not feasible. And I hate to say it, but Roman Reigns and John Cena are the, the guys that they want on top. Yeah. And John Cena's great, and Roman Reigns looks like a champion. He just might not cut promos like a champion. Dude, I just, I mean, but, I mean, we, I, we, can, we can fantasy book WrestleMania forever or whatever, but the. Uh, I mean, it's worth pointing out that that U.S. title match on Raw was really great. Yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed that match, and Roman Reigns played a big part in it. Yep. Um, I don't know. I mean, I want to go back. I got to go back through and, start, and and rewatch a bunch of Attitude Era stuff, but I was just watching last night, and I was thinking about this because I did my year-end awards and was rewatching all these matches. Like, this might be the golden age for Monday night main events. You know? I mean, certainly during the Attitude Era, there was a lot of big moments. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of shocking turns and like whatever else, but man, we are on a run over the past like six months of just having, I mean, rateable matches in the main event spot on Monday Night Raw and on SmackDown. We're very spoiled for work rate, and I don't think a lot of people are willing to to say that. Yeah, because it's not a popular opinion. It's it's the the product sucks, and this guy should be the champion, or this woman should be the champion. But the TV week to week always has at least one or two good matches. Both shows, yeah, three to four star matches, sometimes five star matches. I would argue that the uh, Falls Can Anywhere women's title match on Raw was a five star match. Yeah, um, I mean, part of it is also that like we've, I mean, the, the this gen- our, our generation of wrestling fans or our whatever the current wrestling fandom is went through a long period where work rate on the on in WWE was not. Was nothing to speak of, yeah. And we, and but that was as the internet was coming up and accessibility to all this indie wrestling and Japanese wrestling was was growing. And so we've sort of like trained ourselves to like a certain to appreciate a certain sort of work rate. And at WWE, it's never going to be there. You know, it's sort of like if it's just like the great. I'm trying to think of like a pop culture example. If there's just some like incredible just like roots bluegrass artist that was just like tearing it up in Nashville and ev- and everybody thought they were the be- you know the greatest musician ever and they get signed to a major label and they're just like cranking out you know top 20 country songs that are still better than everything else but they're not what they used to exactly what they used to play right it's sort of like that it's yeah. like you know like you you can appreciate what they're doing for what it is even though you're you kind of maybe wish it was a different thing yeah it's just, i think the thing that's missing 
on WWE programming from week to week is the heat. Yeah. If you watch oh, yeah. the Attitude Era, the crowds are just frothing at the mouth for everything. From the bottom of the card, the, the oddities or, or the Val Venuses or the godfathers of the world. Don't put Val Venus in the bottom of the card, man. That's true. He's a, he was a solid upper mid-carder for most of his time in WWE. You're yeah. right. Multiple-time intercontinental champion Val Venus. But then you go all the way up, and, and, and it's just molten. It's like how hot the crowds are, and that's missing. When Seth Rollins comes out, it should be a big moment because he's a big deal, but it's not. It's just a segment on the show. And I don't know whose fault that is. I don't think it's Seth's fault. But we I, I feel like I rag on Seth Rollins a lot on this show. And well, I don't mean per- to. But, but he, he's a perfect example of what we're talking about. And that like we our expectations, our hopes for him are, are are greater than what he could what he has been accomplishing on the screen and maybe what than what he could ever accomplish, you know? Well, one thing that it really bugged me this week, and it bugs me a lot, but this week especially, is the baby faces have to be sort of super cocky and and smirk and be this approximation of the rock in a way that yeah. most of them can't do it. So in that Dolph Ziggler Kalisto match, they were rooting for Kalisto to crack <laughs> or get cracked in the head with a chair. And this is a, a serious Dolph Ziggler moment where he's supposed to be the most dastardly guy in the yeah. world. But I think one thing that a lot of wrestling fans are missing, and the reason why they cheer for Dolph Ziggler doing something dastardly or boo Dean Ambrose when he's supposed to be a white meat baby face is because they want that aggression and that fire and that sort of like true legitimate anger that the Austins of the world provided. Yeah. And that The Rock did in his greatest but moments. But then how do but, you... I, I totally agree. This is a really smart point. The, uh, what may, It makes me wonder, though, then how do you turn... Like, is the only way to be a heel... I was going to say, how do you turn somebody heel? Is the only way to be a heel in the modern era to be like the Chris Jericho coming back and not, not speaking for several weeks. He, I mean, like, I, I think you're totally right. The problem is, like, Dolph Ziggler, who's been, while having some amazing matches, pretty stale for a number of months, They as a baby face, you turn him heel by putting a chair in his hand, and it's like, to make another basketball reference, it was like, if, if heels are, this is not a good one, but like, if only heels were allowed to slam dunk the ball, then they wouldn't be heels, because everybody would be so, like, that's what we want to see, right? right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's weird. You put a chair in his hand, then everybody's like super hyped on yeah, him. And, and also, and also we're so excited that he's turning heel, you know, like you're, you're really hyped about it again. I don't know. I mean, maybe the move is just to have him refuse to wrestle, you know, and then he could be a real, like, the modern heel, but that's yeah. so straight. Well, it's like when Mick Foley was in ECW and he refused to be hardcore. Yeah. And, like, that's what you love him. Call, yeah. That's what you love about him, and you take that away. And that was the thing that frustrated me about the Austin heel turn is they never took away the things that we loved about Stone Cold Steve Austin. They didn't take away his entrance music, really. I mean, the glass breaking was always part of his entrance music. They didn't take away the middle fingers or the scowl or, or, or his, his outfit. Everything was the same. And then they put a guitar in his hand, and then it started to work. Uh, what they have to do, I think, with the Dolph Sigglers of the world is find the thing that is truly detestable about them. Look at The Miz. The Miz, from, oh, yeah. by all accounts, is the nicest guy on the planet. Everything I've in heard real about life. The, the real Miz, sure. Mike Mizanin, is that he's a great dude. But they found the things about his personality that are detestable, and they like cranked it face. up. Like his face. Sure. Or just his general <laughs> just demeanor. Just kidding, Mike. Uh, and also his, um, his entitlement. 
is a huge part of his character. I don't know if that's a part of him or his feelings. Well, of it's, being, it's, it's the it's, you know you read between the lines. It's about a, a you know a reality star just walking waltzing into WWE and being given a screen role. Yeah, you know and you mean? tell me that I don't work hard enough and all that stuff. It's real. Find the things about these guys that are real. Seth Rollins, I don't think, is the kind of guy who goes around like making jokes, saying the word sparkle crotch. Maybe I'm wrong, but there's a reason why people aren't connecting to it. Yeah. I mean, I honestly think the move is just let him wear that like sideways black baseball cap and uh, let him talk about CrossFit, and he's the greatest heel in the history of wrestling. Sure, let him be a badass. Let these guys be badasses. Speaking of badasses... If a badass comes to your house, like st- like Stone Cold Steve Austin, but maybe more appropriately like uh, like the Repo Man or Nails or yeah. uh, Waylon Mercy or something, Crush. Uh, listen, you got to get Simply Safe. That's that's the only way to keep these sorts of guys characters uh, away from your home. Um, home security services can be a real ripoff. They lock you into long-term contracts where you're stuck writing huge checks with no way out. Honestly, it's robbery uh, in and of itself, and it can cost you thousands of dollars. But now there's a smarter way to protect your home with Simply Safe Home Security, built by a Harvard-educated engineer to make you safer. Simply Safe provides secure security that you can trust. While most alarms rely on a, on a phone line which can be cut easily, you've seen it in the horror movies, Simply Safe is wireless and portable with a cellular connection built in. You get professional monitoring with police dispatch for your home, uh, and so it's safe around the clock. There's no annual contracts, no commitments, no lock-ins, period. Best of all, with Simply Safe, 24-7 protection is just 15 bucks a month. That's less than half of what most places charge. That's reasonable. That seems that I would pay that. Uh, so opt for a service you can rely on and protect your home the smart way with Simply Safe. Get more security, more freedom, and more savings. Visit simplysafe.com/ringer to get 10% off your system today. That's s i m p l i s a f e dot com slash ringer. You know who should get Simply Safe? Broken Matt Hardy. People are constantly breaking into his compound. Hey, man, think about it. It's a cell phone. It's you don't. Nothing can be cut now. It's true. This is a brilliant product, Matt. Um, listen, Matt. We. I, I mean, I always say we got to do whole episodes about these, just like other promotions and stuff like that. Although Matt Hardy is, um, he's a promotion unto himself. He is, man. Yeah. I mean, there's sort of like I think that, I think that. You know, I could write a ten thousand word piece about Matt Hardy's post WWE career, and it would be one of the most compelling storylines you could possibly imagine. Um, uh, I think that's that's the thing that going back to what we were talking about before the break, the thing that's missing from a lot of these guys is their freedom to create their own characters. And Matt Hardy is a perfect example of a guy who went out and said, "I'm going to do this weird thing, and I know how to, to execute it effectively." And well, one of the really cool things that. TNA is able to do right now is function sort of like an old territory where if like somebody's working a really cool gimmick on the indies, they're just like, come do that here. Exactly. You know, or if someone's like real gimmick is that they just got fired by WWE or they quit, um, they can just go and run that gimmick basically in TNA. And that's, um, I mean, I guess this counts as spoilers, but Cody Rhodes came back to TNA last night um, or a couple of nights ago. I don't know when this popped up, but the... um, but yeah, I mean, and we're gonna Bullet Club angle too. He threw up. The, he's flashing uh, the Bullet Club. So he's yeah. so yeah. And though he's doing that, and the, I mean, the Bullet Club is, is I mean, has there ever been a gimmick that's just like so endlessly refreshable and like it's? I mean, this is basically like, 
if the late stages NWO was still the coolest thing in wrestling, which right. it was not. Yeah, even the the Four Horsemen uh, at some point got stale. You know, once they started adding like Steve Mongo McMichael, and the NWO popped up. And Mongo like, is weirdly like that. Mongo is weirdly like I. I mean, I never liked him. I, he was that was a no huge issue for me. But he but he was sort of a force of stability in a certain way. I mean, he was he was he he certainly referenced the original Four Horsemen in a way that like. You know, Dean Malenko never did, despite the parallels you could draw. Yeah, or or Pillman, or a lot of the guys that they added to it, yeah. sort of to like give them the rub. Yeah, it, it, Mongo obviously cared. I mean, the the real problem with the Four Horsemen. I don't know why we're I'm digressing. Yeah, I was like just this. about to like put my finger up and say, by the way, we're talking about Steve Mongo McMichael. The real problem with the Four Horsemen gimmick is that what I mean, Ric Flair was champ, but like you know, they were much more than the sum of their parts. Right, I mean, Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, these guys had had long wrestling, you know, histories before they got there. But like, Tully Blanchard, Four Horsemen is a million times more significant than Tully Blanchard. A hundred percent. So once you and once they, the the Horsemen reach a certain level of esteem, the only people they're recruiting are like existing stars, like Sting or like Brian Pillman or whoever. What they need to be doing is re recruiting. Like journeymen, nobodies, and and giving them the rub of the four horsemen and making them into stars. Well, that was the genius of evolution. Um, you know, as as dire as a lot of those raws were, the idea was really smart. And I think that that's the thing that's missing on WWE programming is is this the, the stable. I would love for a stable to pop up on Raw or SmackDown and give the baby faces on there some some uh, opposition force to to contend with. Yeah, I mean, we we sort of have have had that with the authority, you know, in its various forms. But you're, I mean, it's not, it's never about wrestling. That's the problem. Right. It's about power. It's about getting the championship, you know, under wraps or whatever. But it's not about, it's not about just being the best wrestlers. It's not about being like that crew. Um, they they had the chance to do it with the club, and I wonder what the 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 rationale was to send Gallows and Anderson to Raw because it obviously has not worked. <laughs> Well, I mean, they're still there. I mean, they're they're feuding for the belts right now. Yeah, but there was just that that hot like three or four months of them just kind of getting buried. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think part of it was just kind of figuring out what you can do with. I mean, I, it, the answer is the answer is obvious to you know, and the answer seems obvious to you and me. But uh, it's I not think, always obvious. You're right when you're when you're there. I mean, the, you know, just the trying the comedy stuff. And I think they found the right the right kind of in between spot for them now. I think I said that last week, but. Um, Anyway, is there anything else on Raw that we need to go over? I think that we've I think that we covered pretty well what was going on, on Raw. Yeah. Oh, oh go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was I, gonna say Mick Foley potentially getting fired in, in Kayfabe uh, and being replaced by Lana, who's talking about how she should be the 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 GM and and there's some validity to this because Mick Foley's having hip surgery. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I, I I totally missed the I totally missed the real world implications of that. Yeah. So it's possible that we might get uh, was that, was someone think, else. Do you think he was hoping? You know, like if you have to have surgery, sometimes they'll like get you to lose weight so and just see if you can do without it. Is that what the haircuts have been? Like he decided to like <laughs> he lost like forty five pounds just by chopping off the mane. I don't know what the haircut was, but it, this week's was a huge improvement over whatever Floby. Haircut yeah, he had given weird. himself two weeks ago. Maybe you got it cut on an episode of uh, of Holy Foley. Maybe yeah. this is we'll, we'll we'll find out later that it was all part of the work. We'll see on season two. Um, you know, when I, I should have mentioned this when we were talking about Cody coming back. Um, I, I think this is just like this is everybody's been talking about this. Um, Chris Hero is back mm-hmm. in NXT. Mm-hmm. 
He wrestled uh, a couple weeks ago, or uh, was it just a couple days ago? I don't even know. It was like when I when I Googled it, it had already happened. But it was. Um, but he came back in Chris Hero tights, announced as Cassius Ono, which was his old NXT name. If I had, if I was a betting man, I would say there's no way in hell he's going to actually be Cassius Ono because, you know, the 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 part of the beauty of that was using the initials KO, which is already taken. Mm-hmm. If you can't have two guys with the same first name in WWE logic, you certainly can't have two guys with the same gimmicky initials. Um, and uh, so, I, I mean, you know, presumably there'll be a lot of opportunity for him to sort of figure out who he's going to be. And it's 2017. He's, he could just be Chris Hero. I mean... It doesn't seem like the trend these days, though, is to, to carry over the indie gimmicks. Um, Tommy End is becoming Alistair Black, I believe, is the name that he's using in Love NXT. Tommy End, and I, I don't mind Alistair Black. I think, but I think that just the uh, even even among indie wrestling fans, there's people are so much less exposed to Tommy End than they are to Chris Hero. I mean, Chris Hero could show up on Raw or show up at the Royal Rumble or whatever, and it's not going to be the level of, you know. Uh, like I mean, an AJ Styles, AJ, it would last, not be the level of AJ Styles, but like Chris Hero comes with like prepackaged crowd chants and stuff, right? You know, I mean, there like if there was a if there was a Monday Night Raw where like the crowd is chanting Chris Hero ain't nothing to fuck with, like that could be like that would be the greatest moment. Yeah, but do you think Vince is sitting around thinking, yeah, I really want you want to figure F out a way to get the F word on, on Raw? Um, it's uh, been it's been a huge uh, part of that struggle is, to get the the word bitch on on TV again. You listen, but this is part of their attitude era revival. No one's chanting. No, no one on. No one's saying this into a microphone. True. It's you can just say it was a crowd crowd noise. I don't know what they said. And they could change it too. It's just like you know, like like uh, like you know, kill steam kill, but became fight Owens fight. You know, like it's it's there's there's lots of uh, you can you can you can gotta be creative it a little bit. Yeah, sure. Anyway, um, but there was some question about. I mean, heroes, heroes definitely, heroes definitely signed, man, and I and I, he's earned it. I mean, he's he, like if if you've seen him wrestle on the indies at any point over the past year, you know that he's. I mean, I, I know Chris a little bit, and he's a wonderful, wonderful dude. And um, I have no, I, I I'm so in the dark about how like you know politics backstage really happened in NXT. Like I don't know everything that happened with him when he was there before. Um, but he's one of those guys that when you meet him, you're just like, oh, I can almost understand how you didn't fit before because you're just like such a wonderful. You're like you could be my best friend, and I assume and like, you know, you there's some, you just assume it's a different sort of character that succeeds in WWE or something like that. In the past, the fact that they have him back is just amazing, man. I'm like, I'm really excited to see what they do. It seems to me that um, there's going to be some call ups, possibly around the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Because um, there is an influx of talent coming in, established talent that can hopefully carry the torch from whoever is leaving. Yeah. So I don't know what you've got planned on that computer, but I want to ask you, who do you think is going to show up at, at the, the Royal Rumble? Rumble? Uh, I mean, I think Samoa Joe is a good Samoa Joe as the you know will, can get an AJ Styles pop because he has you know the legacy and he also now has NXT legacy and all that kind of stuff. Um, I haven't heard a lot of rumors. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, wh- wh- who are the people that people are? I mean, who are people talking about? It's mostly Samoa Joe and the the revival, of course, because it seems like they've moved on from the tag titles. And what else do you do in NXT if you're not chasing the belt? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know that the first time you see the, I, I think the revival are great. I don't know that they're, they're not going to get a huge pop at the Rumble, yeah. And I well, I mean, they they deserve. I just don't know that the fir- the first time you want to see them on a in the on the main roster ring is surrounded by guys who are a foot and a half taller than them. Right. I mean, let them do the let them just cut some promos or get in there with with Chad Gable or something and you know work their way. Uh, speaking of SmackDown, uh, I mean, you know, well, we'll get to SmackDown in a second. Are there are there any more rumors? I haven't heard anything else other than those two obvious ones. Um, but, I mean, I think it's something that is the it's one of the best times to launch an NXT character is in a moment where they don't take a pinfall, they don't have to cut a promo, they just come out and they announce, I'm I'm on the main roster now. Yeah. it's It's been effective it's, in there's, the past. There's not... A- there's just not a lot of guys. There's not a lot of the wild cards. I mean, there hasn't been that many rumors about who could, about people that could show up from other places or anything. You yeah. know? I mean, I guess you could bring back, um, you could bring back, you know, Drew McIntyre or Galloway or something like that. I mean, there there are a couple of people. I would pop for Bad News Barrett, Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, by the way, is another guy. Like the way I was describing Chris Hero earlier, it's like when you talk to Daniel Bryan in real life, you're like, how is this personality going to ever work in WWE? Because he speaks in like. He's like really like you know roundabout sentences, and he's like thoughtful about everything, and and never, never is like trying to work people at least not overtly. I mean, he's he's that's that was the genius of his character is that it was just an extension of who he was. Yeah, yeah, and and I think the what's most compelling about what's going on right now is that you can see how that kind of personality. Speaking of the personality shift in WWE, both in character and in you know, whatever's going on backstage is that they figure out how to make how to make use of Daniel Bryan's real character and real personality. Um, all right, let's hit on SmackDown before we get out of here. I want to do a new... This is, this is a, you know, we don't always give SmackDown all the time it deserves when it's not a pay-per-view week for them, but let's do the SmackDown stock, stock watch. I want to go through the show. Everybody that was on the show this week, and you and I can decide whether or not their stock is going up or going down. Because SmackDown is... They're doing so much great stuff. But, yeah, I'm really interested. Like, every time I see a new pairing, I'm just like, what does this mean for that character? Because on SmackDown, it's so fluid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. We start off the show. Well, we start off the show with the Ambrose Asylum featuring the Miz and Maurice. But well, we really start off the show with uh, the video package of the last couple of weeks of the Miz-Ambrose feud, which is one of just the most beautiful video packages I've seen in a long time. It was just excellently done. Um and in a pretty short amount of time, this is a feud that I care immensely about. Um, but that said, um, just to play devil's advocate, Dean Ambrose is now holding the IC belt instead of the world championship. Um, he's not where he once was. Um, let me start with an easy one. The Miz, is stock, stock going up or stock falling? Definitely up. Uh, the Miz, anytime he works with someone who is as adept... Uh, as Dean Ambrose, it's a good thing. Um, he's he's able to elevate every few that he's been in the last year. Yeah. I think he's doing great. He's not just playing. He's not just rising the level of his opponents anymore. He's 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 making these feuds work. I mean, to a large extent, because we know that Dean Ambrose love him. I mean, God love the guy. He's not. He he's he works up to the level of his opponents a lot. You and know? he comes down to their level when yeah. they're not as psyched as, as now, they should be. These are two guys with a lot of. I'm sure they've got a lot of you know motivation to make this really to make this feud awesome. But I yeah, mean, there's a lot on the line for Dean Ambrose. You know, kind of coming down the card a little bit. He needs to establish him himself and his character during this season and the Miz is then working his way back up to the main event and this is sort of a stop off before that happens. I want 
okay, next week, I don't know if you're going to be sitting in that chair next week, but I'm going to touch base with you because I want to figure this out. When was the last IC title feud that you cared about this much? Miz and uh, Dolph Ziggler. No, that, that, that's not true. <laughs> that's, that's just not true. Roddy Piper and Bret Hart. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. for, for a, for a few that, that you cared about, but that also that seemed like this big a deal, that can hold the sh- basically carry the show. Yeah, there hasn't been a main event program of this nature with the belt involved in a long, long time. I mean, it's got, I mean, there, I'm sure I'm sure there's some Rock Triple H, but, like, there, there has to be something since then. Austin Rock, um, when he threw the belt in the river. And I'm not just talking about, yeah, like, somebody happens to have the ice title when they're in the middle of a big feud like it's about the belt but also about other anyway I would say Ambrose's stock is up too uh, because he's working a hot feud and it doesn't matter where you are on the card if the feud is hot I totally agree Dean Ambrose is he should he should have you know this should have this could have been a step back and by all you know by what recent history has told us should have been a big step back his stock is 100% up and I said it last week if you would ask you know I'm not a stickler for like rules and all that kind of stuff. Uh, if you would ask me ahead of time, I would have said formally acknowledging his relationship with Renee Young on screen was a terrible idea. And they're just like, it, but it, it's working. They've treated it really well, too, because it's not like she's coming to the ring with him or she's talking about it every week or he's not talking about it at all in his yeah. promos. It's just the subtext for a hot angle. And that's all it needs to be. I hope that like when now that Stephanie's been doing performance reviews, maybe like Shane can come in and like actually give them bring in somebody from HR and just like guys, this is not like you know at least when we signed Maurice, we knew she was in a relationship, but like you know you guys have been canoodling behind the scenes. We have we have rules about this kind of stuff. Well, they already sent uh, who did they send anger management or sexual harassment training? Oh, uh, uh, Enzo. Yeah, Enzo. So why not have an HR department? Yeah. It can be Jameson. And if that can, it, yeah, I mean, it got it got Jinder Mahal over, so you know, <laughs> did it? I don't know. <laughs> all right, next, uh, Kalisto. We don't have to spend a lot of time on all these. Kalisto, stock up or stock down? It's uh, stock up because he's on the show. That's because he's that, working that's a, the show. It's a solid. That's that's solid. And he got a good win. Um, Dolph Ziggler. Stock up. I, th- I think that we, he's he's in the process. This is. I think if you're if you're buying stock now, you better be buying a lot of Dolph Ziggler stock now because if it's ever going to really go up, now I mean now's the time to buy. Yeah, and and a lot of people complained about the loss, but the loss is part of the story. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Apollo Cruz also a part of this thing. <laughs> I mean, down because they still haven't solved the problem with Apollo Cruz. Why Wait. is Kalisto his friend? I just want that motivation. Sure, they're friends, but like it just came out of nowhere. I'll just say this. Uh, some, I mean, Apollo Crews, I've been, I, well, I don't know if I've been wrong about it. I, I said that he, you know, when, when I first saw him in the Raw ring, he looked right. Like that was the first time I, I was sure, including NXT, that he, that he was going to work. And he hasn't worked, you know, fully um, or even close to it. But man, I kind of like the pairing of him and Ziggler. Like that's a like if that's a you know they can work some fantastic matches. Yeah, I mean that could be a good match if given some time to do some stuff. And and they both have a lot to prove. And that's what SmackDown's been great about is giving opportunities. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal your Kalisto answer. I mean I think Apollo Cruz's stock is up because he's you know on TV and in a feud with somebody who we care about. Um, but that's but it's definitely a holding pattern kind of kind of yeah, stock watch. Let right? me change my opinion and say it's a push right now because we don't know where this is going. Yeah, and it, at least he's not being given a horrible gimmick because um, that would be worse if he was like doing the fashion police Fandango thing or if he was some sort of like racist caricature. That would be way worse than him just not having a character. Yeah. Um, 
All right. The, the next the next thing that happened was the title match. Um, American Alpha will take them together. Stock up or stock down? This is another tough one. I think stock down. I don't think they were ready for the belts. I think that they still need to get over with the crowd. And they're basically just props in the Wyatt family breakup angle. I... I don't think I can. I, I agree with every word that you said, except stock down. I just don't think I can. I, it's, it's a, it feels a little bit harsh. Maybe I'm just. Maybe I just like him too much. Um, I think. I think they're they're neither up nor down right now. Um, but I, I agree. It's, it was a little bit too early. It makes me. It. I, I can't. I can't pay attention to this feud and not just be overwhelmed by like the sadness of the Orton versus Wyatt family thing being a WrestleMania blowout. Like, I just wanted it to go for a while. You know, I want to see, I would rather see Bray and Randy defend against more important, you know, just, ha- just, just be tag team champions for yeah, a while. Yeah, this is, this is a stock down for me and the Wyatt family because of exactly what you said. Why do, why blow this off so soon? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's like the, the we talk about this sort of thing a lot, but I, I love Luke Harper. There's no Luke. I mean, I, I find it hard to imagine a future of Luke Harper that is more compelling than like than the wait for his push. Like the impending Luke Harper push is much more exciting than the Luke Harper push. There is the intrigue of which way this goes. Is is what you're saying going to happen? That Luke Harper is going to be the singles guy that comes out of this, or is he going to stick around and then they're going to bring back? Um, Oh God! The other uh, guy, Eric Rowan. Eric Rowan. Thank you. I almost said Braun Strowman. They bring back Eric bring Rowan. Too. Um, and after, then after Roman Reigns is done with him in two months, like that'll be Braun right. Strowman will be back, back on to the- SmackDown. Um, and then have Randy be the babyface, which is obviously what the crowd wanted in, in Louisiana this week. Yeah. Um, speaking of the crowd in Louisiana, Steve Kazee was down there. He's filming a show and. Uh, and and sent me footage of the of like the raw dark match stuff. I mean like everything that happened and it was um I mean it was very very cool but um you know the Undertaker choke slammed Jericho and Owens people talked about this there was footage online um but I, the, this is off subject but I just feel it's very important to say what I said to Steve at the time dark match Kevin Owens is the best Kevin Owens hundred percent if they could like you talk about channeling like what people are best at if they could just get that. Get that. I mean, it, like if you've been to a if you've been to a RAW and seen when he's when when they go to commercial, he becomes like ten percent better. He's just like jawing with the crowd, doing all this funny stuff. That that's the that I'm not saying they they should be doing more of that, but there's going to be a point where Owens needs like another gear, and he's got it. So yeah. anyway, back to SmackDown. Um, so yeah, we got to wrap this thing up, but like Orton and Wyatt. I mean, I think stock down in general, I think I just don't want to see. Yeah, I mean, I think that we're, I mean, you said everything that needs to be said. Um, although, you know, I'm not going to hate this feud when it happens. Like, I, yeah. like or whatever. But I, but I think that, um, I mean, we, got, we could have months of Orton against Harper, then against Wyatt and the handicap matches and, you know, whatever. Yeah, the one thing that I hate doing is lamenting what could have been. Yeah. Too much. It is what it is, and it's going to be entertaining right. because I like the guys involved. If I were fantasy booking this, I would go. I would just play it as straight as possible. You know, dissension in the ranks. We're headed towards a babyface Orton thing, and then just totally flip it and have Orton and Harper turn on Bray Wyatt. I would love that. That is a hundred percent where I'm at. 
I, that just seems like the most unlikely thing. And Orton and Harper could be a good little like duo. They don't have to be a tag team. They could, but they yeah. could be a good little running buddies for a while. Uh, Bray Wyatt as an anti-establishment babyface is my dream come true. Um, and also, we've had a lot of those feuds over the years of like the dude, the like not feuds. We've had those partnerships, like the like the the unlikely partnerships where like um, you know. What, the wrestler in like the suit and tie will have to will teach the crazy wrestler like how to wear a tie and how to like you know just the the Pygmalion stuff there's all those things that would be great if we had that with Orton and Luke Harper except instead of making him like fancy Orton just teaches him how to wear like track pants and t-shirts and like just go to sports bars and yeah, stuff you don't, or, have, like, you don't have to wear jeans to the gym man come yeah, on <laughs> exactly it could be really great um uh, the okay this is a, like the the women's division did not have a strong showing this week uh, on SmackDown, I mean Natalia and Nikki, we I, I totally glossed over. Um, do you have any do you have any stock thoughts on those two? Uh, stock up for both, even though Nikki didn't really sell that knee injury. Yeah, that, that was kind of a bummer. But this I man, think, this feud is more interesting than I thought it would be. I'm giving a slight stock up to both of them. Yeah, they're doing they're doing yeoman's work with this stuff. Um, Carmella stock down. That was a terrible match with. Um, Thunder Kitty, I believe, is the name of the uh, indie First worker. Of all, Thunder Kitty needs a contract. Thunder Kitty was one of my one of the one of the highlights of the show for me. <laughs> JBL certainly had a good time putting her over, or the opposite of putting her over, depending on what uh, he was aiming for. Um, oh yeah, he was calling her um, May Young. No, <laughs> no. fabulous Moolah. Uh, he called her Millie Burke too. That was my right. like he refer, refer, it's, uh, Mildred Burke comparison is a weird one just because Mildred Burke, but his Mildred Burke is one of the legends of women's wrestling. Go go. Uh, there's a great book about her too called Queen of the Ring I think that was Mildred Burke but the um, go read that or go read her Wikipedia page anyway she had a tough tough life and was the I think the NWA women's champion for 20 years or something like that I mean some incredibly long period of time Um, and her husband was uh, sort of like the the national booker of women's wrestling and just an utter piece of trash Uh, which you know I'll save that for the the Mass Man Show After Hours podcast but um but yeah, Thunder Kitty, I, I, I feel, I, I, there's, we don't need to spend too much time on Thunder Kitty, but like there is definitely a place for a retro women's wrestler on the roster. I loved her look. I just didn't understand why JBL spent the entire match burying her instead of putting over Carmella. But I, that I'm sure Vince probably thought it was really funny to All make right. fun of her. Carmella and James Ellsworth. Where how's the stock? I'm I'm down on it right now. Yeah. I just I Carmela can't work yet the way that she needs to to pull this off. Um that the finish spot in that match was was really dire. Yeah. Though I can see this the skits and bits next week being funny where she takes him on a like you said a Pygmalion trip yeah. to the store. Um yeah, man. That could be great. The uh I mean Ellsworth, I'm gonna say stock up, even though he's even though he by all accounts this is a downward turn for him, the fact that he's just like plugging along. He's still on SmackDown. Yeah, really, yeah. really great. And then uh the main event saw John Cena and Baron Corbin um with AJ Styles in on commentary. Um stock up on all three. Really? Yeah. You didn't like uh something about that match? I just you know, like I, I, I just don't I don't know. I mean can you can you is Baron Corbin's stock go up? Like is there is there is there is he getting he better? He didn't look like he was out of place. Sure he lost the match. I guess but you're right. I guess you're right. This is a really good use of Baron Corbin. It's a throwaway smackdown and John Cena needs to look strong going into the pay per view. because um, he's going against a guy who's beaten him twice. Yeah. 
Well, listen. I mean, I'm excited about I'm excited about that match. I mean, the 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 Rumble is the big draw. Um, so you think John Cena is going to take it at the Rumble? I don't see a reason to do this a third time and then not have the blow off. Yeah, that's probably a good point. Listen, we got to get out of here. Um, is there is there any news that we missed out on that we can just acknowledge the existence of? Uh, Timothy Well of Well Done fame passed away this week, which is really sad. Um, he, he, the Well Done had the most disturbing ring tights in the history of the WWF tag team division. It was a thong. They were wearing like cartoon thongs. It was like a, but it was like a painted, th- like it was a yeah, thong painted on. printed onto the. Like, yeah. the t- very and strange. then what was it like a a, a pair of lips that said well, said well done, <laughs> rough gimmick. Yeah, but man, they made the most of it. Or the Southern Rockers before that. Yeah, I really those guys. You know, a lot of tag teams in that era didn't get used to the to the kind of top the best of their ability. Yeah. Um, was there any other news that you were talking about before that we need to touch on? I don't think so. Let's right. not belabor the point here. These people, the humanoids, want to go to bed. All right, they've had enough of this. Appreciate it. the Royal Rumble is uh, the Royal Rumble's coming up. We'll be back next week with uh, more raw talk. Um, There's only two weeks left till the Rumble, man. It's I'm starting to really feel the WrestleMania spirit taking over. I know. It's WrestleMania season. Have a good week, humanoids. Apologi- apologies to Dean Ambrose, as always. We'll see you soon. <laughs>